it's not the church role, first role, to bring the gospel or, or, or share the gospel or, or bring the word of God into our home. It's we are the responsible. So I didn't even think of not saying it. It's just that it's, it's like my own relation with God. It's like my personal relation with God. It's not church. If I go once a, a week and I've got only one hour or two hours, if you go to another meeting in a week, three hours a week, it's not enough to feed your spirit and be in relation with God. I mean, that's just, yes, we want to gather with Christians. Yes, we want to praise God. And the way you see church, the way it's done, it's another thing. But the body, I'm speaking about the body of Christ, mm -hmm. believers, you're gathering together in an institutional or health group or organic church or, or any form of church. I'm to say the main thing is that we gather together to worship him and to mm -hmm. encourage one another to grow in one another. Yeah. But yeah. it's not the church role to feed our children first. It's we are as parents responsible of bringing and living the gospel. Well, welcome to another edition of Raising Standards. And today we are crossing over onto mainland Europe, traveling all the way to France uh, to speak with a gentleman who I first met in Oxford. And uh, then we were just saying we met again in Lebanon. And um, I, this is a treat. This man and his whole family actually carries something of the spirit of God. He's one of those people every time I meet, uh, just something in my spirit gets excited because of how the Lord's using him, but more because of who he is. And uh, you're going to meet him now. Please welcome my guest for today. It's Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi. It's really a pleasure, Ollie, to be here with you. It's now, I hope you don't mind if we do this interview in English because my French is rusty. But si c'est en français, les gens comprendront pas. If, people, if I do it in French, people will not understand. But I hope that my accent will not be too hard and too harsh on English-speaking uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love the French accent. It's beautiful. Uh, that's good. It's beautiful. So, so, Mark, you've been involved in children and family ministries for, um, I, I won't say how long because I don't want to give away your age. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind about giving my age. <laughs> okay, for, for decades then in that case. Now, <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit about how you got involved with it, what you're doing at the moment, and then, then we're going to begin to unpack um, some of what the Lord's put in you for the children. Yeah, so it's, it's exciting to speak about this that subject, but above all things, it's not the subject about ministry with children, it's about Christ. I mean, it's if Christ is not at the center of everything, everything we do is just... I mean, I'm going to be harsh, but it's, it's religious. But when Christ is living in us and we realize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we have the living God in us because we have given our lives to Christ, he's adopted us, this changes everything. The, the way we see things, the way we see people, the way we experiment ministry. Because when ministry becomes the, our life, there's something wrong. Christ yeah. is our life. And when Christ is our life, ministry means if ministry is up front or behind the scenes or in a little corner somewhere, if we have Christ, we're doing what and we're doing what we feel that God is telling us to do. That is amazing. And that's the best thing. I, I like to say that because sometimes we think that if we have something that's going, wow, people see it everywhere. It's that's real ministry. No, real ministry. It's my relation with Jesus, with other people. And yeah. from that flows the rest. And the, the rest is the top of the iceberg. I like, to, I like to like to say that before. Yeah. But I mean, um, many years ago, I mean, I was worked by Rachel. My wife is Rachel. I probably see who I am. I'm, my name is Mark. I'm married to Rachel. And you believe it or not, we are British, both of us. But I was born in France, raised in France. I've never lived except one year in England. So forgive me. OK, English folks. But um, we have four children. Uh, they're grown up today. I mean, we've got three boys and a daughter. The three boys are married and to great um girls and our daughter lives with us still and uh, we have a granddaughter as well so i'm a granddad um with a little granddaughter two and a half years so just to say so um many years ago i was really stirred by the fact that children and to say as well old people were left out in church often and especially with children because we had uh, four children growing up i said there's something missing there's something mm -hmm. I see in the word of God, but it's like if children, they're, they're small, like if there was a little Holy Spirit for them. And uh, we are the big ones. We have a big Holy Spirit and they're too small. They're not capable. They're, they can't receive something from God because they don't understand. So it's like if knowledge uh, was more important than, uh, th than the reality of the relation with God. So yeah. it was really going through my mind and Rachel as well. And we had many experiences like 
we went to Poland, uh, doing a mission in Poland, and we saw an English guy with his uh, with his daughter and the team that did evangelization in um, Poland, and we went went to help them. And the way that they preach the gospel and the way they believe that kids could be receiving something from God struck me, and I was like saying, "Wow, this is mm. awesome! I've never seen someone doing that like that." And I think there's something great there. And then I'm, I read a book from a Swiss guy, he's called Guy, and, Guy Zeller, and he spoke about the vision of Jesus. He has the heart of Jesus for kids. And when I read that book, it's like my eyes were just open. It's like if, um, uh, like if something like a blindness just fell. Yeah. And all the experiences said, but wow, but we've missed it all these years. I mean, we've been putting, sorry to say that like that, we've been pushing children into Sunday school for them to leave us alone to worship God in church, you know? Yes. And I thought there's something wrong there, something's not right. And suddenly my eyes opened and suddenly we realized that we've been off track for many years ourselves and the church in general. And from there we started um, an, um, a charity called Les Ames, that's many years ago. We started to sing with the families and we wrote songs and everything. We started to do CDs and with another family and musicians and everything. And God just opened the door and people were starting to be blessed seeing that children can experiment the presence of God. They can be filled with the Holy Spirit. They can repent. They can share faith. They can uh, speak to others. They can um, experiment everything that we adults can experiment having Christ in us. So that's the, the track we've, we've been on now. And, and there we go. <laughs> and how, how old were your children when you, when you talked about your eyes being opened to so how God were, could use children? So Naomi, who's 20 now, were, was like three or four, I think, something that Jonathan is our oldest. He's 27 now. He was uh, seven or something like that. So yeah, he's 20. Uh, yeah. About so for those first seven years of Jonathan's life, yeah. what had you done to impart faith to him? Because you were a believer then. Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, and you you loved the Lord. You wanted your children to love the Lord, um, but it was different before you really understood what God's plan is for children and and for families. We're going to come into families a lot because I know from talking with you and we know our heart and actually the Lord's heart is not just these children in isolation doing amazing things. It comes from the family. But I guess I'm trying to unpick how many years was there of you doing whatever you did before you began to change things, um, and is it too late to start? with our children if we haven't started doing anything yet so what what did you do age seven up to age seven what kind of things were you doing to impart faith to your children so first it's never 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 i say it again never too late to impart faith in our children if, he, if they've left home it's not too late to pray for them to show love not to bash them with bible verses and and religiosity but to share the love of christ so when we when they were kids when we were they were say from seven and downwards we, we believed since, uh, because our, our own parents were born, in, Rachel and me, we were born in Christian, Christian parents with a Christian background. We always had our parents teaching us their faith, uh, sharing faith, but not sharing faith just by reading the word of God or praying with us or speaking with us, but by their, by their living. And mm. that's what really impacted my life. My parents who are still alive today, they're 84. I mean, who they are speaks more than what they say. Yeah. And, um, and that that was the key for my life and my brother, who's in ministry today as well. And and it, who you are will speak more than your words to your children. That doesn't mean we don't speak at the word. But so it's something that we did even before we were married. We were already praying for our future children with my wife. And we were praying that we will serve God together as a family. So it was already grounded in our DNA as Christian background. And so we, we, it's a good question you're asking because we already shared faith as a family. We, we knew that it was important that we wanted uh, to serve together. Um, and we used everything. We used, you know, the Playmobiles, you call that in English, you know, the little mm -hmm. toys to explain spiritual truth. We, when, like, example, when they were small, um, until later even, when we did shopping, we brought the shopping and we put it down and we just went around the shop you know the, the all the grocery just bought and just said can we can we just praise god for the money we have to buy food and have what we need we we taught our children even to thank god for electricity we have running water to have a spirit of thanksgiving all the time mm. in every aspect of life not just like 
dichotomy, dichotomy, when we, that's spiritual, that's not spiritual. No, yeah. everything, because we, we are one body, soul, spirit. So everything Christ is in us, like I said before, and everything we do has to come out with the knowledge that Christ is with us in everything. Like we are talking now, Jesus is with us now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't, we forget that. But without your room, up to seven and even more after, we, we already gave that uh, that mentality of saying God is with us everywhere and everything we do. We read the Bible, we taught Bible verses, we we, we wrote even little songs, Bible songs for them to memorize, to, to memorize the Bible. We, they learned a lot of Bible verses uh, together in a fun way, uh, using every aspect to teach something of the word of God, like Deuteronomy 6, you know, when you walk, when you go to bed, when you're doing this or this, it's how can we bring Christ in every aspect of life? So mm. it was already something we did in um when they were small but what happened because i could speak a lot a lot of a lot on how can we share and how can we we live the gospel at home but i think within hours within hours but i would just say you live your relation with god with all your heart if you have your spouse as a christian pray together I'm just giving you the top of the iceberg, but yeah. then live a truthful life. If you're wrong as a dad and then you, you, you react in a wrong way, go and see your child and say, I'm sorry for my bad attitude. That is bringing something to the kingdom of God. Be thankful yeah. with your kids. Uh, uplift. Bring what's good in them. Don't bash them down with what's not good. You know, find what's good in them. So I close that, that side now because I, I get excited about everything, uh, about all this, but... Uh, well, then what happened when my eyes started to open, you come back for the ministry, is yeah. that suddenly I realized the potential that lies in our children. I mean, when you look, when, and when I read um, in, in the Gospels what Jesus said, you know, when the, the disciples wanted to rebuke the kids that were brought to him for him to lay their hands. We know the text. I knew it many years. I heard it when I was a child myself. But when you stop and start studying what happened there, it's just immense what happens. Jesus is blessing these children and his disciples. He told them off very strongly. Do not, uh, you, can you say it only for me? Because I'm not going to translate the, you know. Do not hinder these little ones. Let them come to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Exactly. Thank you very much. And, and don't hinder. And he was very angry with the disciples. And then you see Jesus in the temple when he turns everything over. Who's angry with the same term, with the same word? Who's angry? The religious people. Why? Because people are healed. Because children are saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Yeah. And children are worshiping Jesus. They understand who he is. And there, it, this scene is incredible. And, the, and what he says says, haven't you read that from the mouth of babes, I will bring out worship and all that. And that's yeah. a Psalm 8, I think, or 9. Psalm 8 too. Yeah. Eight, Thanks. And, and when you read that, it will close the mouth of the enemy. There's power yeah. when children worship. And seeing all these texts and others as well, I thought, my, why didn't I see that before? And, <laughs> and when you see that, the enemy hates when children worship because children are simple. It's why Jesus often says, if you don't become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God because a child believes what, he's, what you tell him. So it's why we need to be truthful. He's a simple, simple faith. So we need to... It's not, Jesus said, it's not you, you kids, look at the, all these adults and take example on them. No, 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 it's the way upside down. It's you adults, look at these, these kids. It's them, you have to be, become like them. So it's the world upside down. It's, not, it's why so many ministry and uh, whilst in ministry my, uh, with Rachel, our eyes just opened and said, we've missed something that is, the devil is just happy to blind us all. Mm -hmm. Kids are too small to receive the Holy Spirit are too small to repent, too small to understand. You know, a child, when he's a baby, how does he know? We, we've already asked that children. How do we, you know that mom, mom and dad love you? Well, because I feel it, because you say, because I just know it. So do you need a theological understanding to know that your mom and your dad love you? No, you just know it. There's something in the atmosphere. And yeah. it's the same with the atmosphere of God. If you bring something, I'm getting choked up with it, but... When you start understanding that who Christ is, if we know who Christ is, if you know as a dad, as a mom, as a granddad, as an uncle, as an aunt, listening to me, if you know who Christ is, and you suddenly you realize that 
the kids are not too small to receive, then yeah, but they don't understand. No, I don't, you don't understand everything about Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's so great, so powerful. But just his presence, we forget often that the Holy Spirit is the one who convinces. And when the Holy Spirit brings conviction, you don't need theology. I mean, you need the after because you need to understand more. Well, I'm not anti-theology. Don't no. misunderstand me, okay? I'm just saying that the presence of the Holy Spirit is enough for a kid to receive Christ. Yeah. My wife was only three when she gave her life to Christ. Oh, only three. Yeah. Or some people say, oh, that's cute. It's not cute. It's glorious. Yes. And she understood the love of Jesus. And then she grew in her faith. and understood more and more. I was uh, five the first time. I, But when I was 14, I, I really did a recommitment. Right? It's not a biblical word, but I needed to react my conversion. Yeah. I mean, we are not too small. Your kids are not too small. And when you start believing that, then in your ministry or anything you do, You've got kids all the time. So it's what attitude are you have? What is it of God's kingdom? What is it about Christ you have in living in you? Can you bring around you? And as a mom and a dad, it's the best school to learn to share the, the word of God to our children. Well, I don't know. I, I, I speak fast. I hope you understand. <laughs> I, I'm getting every word. This is beautiful. That's so beautiful. And, and I, I love how you're centering everything. The, the, actually, the upbringing your parents gave you prepared you for what you are now doing now at this time with your children as they were raising up and I I wonder some people um, won't have had that blessing of an upbringing and you've given a few little hints along the way and you've definitely said clearly I'm going to repeat it it's not too late yeah. even if they are now grown up and moved out of our house yeah. it's not too late to be exactly. praying for them and seeing them come into God's kingdom yeah. um, this is part of the blessing and privilege of being parents over our children that we have a measure of authority over them and I, that's an authority that's being challenged isn't it in our yeah, time yeah. but I, I wonder Mark could you unpack a little bit more on that you said I don't want to go into the iceberg too much but everything you've said I've noticed you've not once mentioned um church and and I I, I, I guess I've, I've got a question in that direction but maybe start with unpacking a bit more about the family side of things yeah. and then we're going to ask why you've not mentioned the church yet and and then I mean well, we'll speak about church after, but it's a big subject. I am really, my whole spirit, soul is being stirred. What is church? What is really church? Is yeah. it the institutional church? Is it the body? Who's the body? And what, you know, and I mean, if we unpack that, we could be hours on that subject because yeah. I'm really, but I know I'm going to be work, walking. I don't know if the expression in English, walking on eggs on that subject. Yeah. Okay. So getting on eggshells would be the Right. That's right. Thanks. So um, just to come back on what you were saying before, uh, I will give the t I'll explain about my dad. My dad wasn't born at all in a Christian family. He was born in a family where there was occult. occult. There was um, a lot of immorality. I mean, my grandmother was known. Um, she gave her life to Christ at the end of her life through the testament of my dad, but she lived a very bad life. She was known as a very non- uh, holy woman if i could say that i don't know the word you know don't misunderstand me but yeah. really bad life she had and uh, you know cult and everything and um but my dad was brought up gave his life to christ just before going to the army in scotland for he had three years army to do and he only had the new testament had no church because he had no christians around and and he um got married i'm just giving a very quick testimony but he got married to my mom and he was freaking out of how to bring children up because he had no example at all. So I want to say to anyone who has a background that was like alcoholism, because my granddad was a real alcoholic. He drank in the night and drank, drank, drank in the day. And my mother, uh, my, his, uh, his wife had affairs with other men. And I mean, lots of stuff like that, alcoholism. So my dad had, didn't have a good mm. background, but he started a new generation because he got set free by the power of Jesus. Yeah. Someone helped him and gave, prayed over him because he was really afraid of, of getting married just before getting married. So uh, how am I going to get married? He had no idea of what was a Christian uh, um, married couple, how to bring up two kids. So God set him free, helped him and all that. And he started a new generation. My brother and myself uh, uh, have a dad that broke the circle of evil of the mm. past well he didn't break it it's christ that broke it but yeah. by giving his life to christ he started a new generation so um i'm 
part of, he had struggles. It wasn't easy for my dad, but I'm the heritage my brother and myself have is just incredible. A dad that broke the, the past and walked with, um, and still walking with Christ. I mean, he still preaches. He's, if, you, if you met my dad, he just shines with Jesus. When you speak about Jesus, he just lights up. And, um, and, and all, I went to see them yesterday and they're just always beaming. They love Jesus. They just love people and everything. But just to say, it's, it's not your past that determines your future. It's not your past that will determine the future of your kid. It's not the way when you handle things. Perhaps you become a Christian and your kids were already older and they're not in Christ. It's never too late. So it's how because I would like to speak to parents who have small children now and speak to those who are, have already uh, children that are grown up and perhaps not walking with God. So what do I speak first? What do I speak of? Ollie, help me. You're doing, you're doing it as you're doing it. Keep going, Mark. It's okay. great. Keep going. I think, you know, this is just oozing out of you because Christ is in you, as you said. And uh, th this revelation he's given you, it's going to be so refreshing for people to hear this. I think often we see a standard the world puts on of expectation on the church. You need to be perfect. You need to be this. You need to be that. But actually, everything you're saying it applies. You don't you don't need to even specify it. We, we're all grabbing what we need from what you're saying. You know, if you're here with toddlers and you say my life's a mess, that's all right. Turn to Christ. He yeah. will help help exactly. iron out the crinkles in you and your kids will watch that process exactly. and be blessed by it. And if your children have already grown up and you've come to the Lord, yeah. same thing. He's on your side. The Lord's with you. Exactly. You're starting a, a new bloodline, the bloodline of Christ in you. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're fully on with all that you're saying. And, and I love what you were saying earlier as well about the example and model of just living for Jesus fully at home. So I'm just gonna highlight that up there. Can we delve into this question? Why did you not mention the church yet? Because, I, well, first of all, I didn't think about saying it. It's just naturally, it's not the church, uh, well, how could I say that? It's not the church role, first role, to bring uh, the gospel or, or, or share the gospel or, or bring the word of God into our home. It's we are the responsible. So I didn't even think of not saying it. It's just that it's it's like my own relation with God. It's like my personal relation with God. It's not church. If I go once a, a week and I've got only one hour or two hours, if you go to another meeting in the week, three hours a week, it's not enough to feed your spirit and be in relation with God. I mean, that's just Yes, we want to gather with Christians. Yes, we want to praise God. And the way you see church, the way it's done, it's another thing. But the body, I'm speaking about the body of Christ, mm -hmm. believers, you're gathering together in an institutional or house group or organic church or, or any form of church. I'm to say the main thing is that we gather together to worship him and to encourage mm -hmm. one another to grow in one another. Yeah. But yeah. it's not the church role to feed our children first. It's we are as parents responsible of bringing and living the gospel. So it's why I didn't mention church because it just naturally my mind is just that it starts at home. But when I, when I say that, there's a lot of pressure put upon parents and in certain circles, like, you know, you have to eat properly, have a, um, organic food. You need to be, ca be careful with the waste, you know, no plastic and everything. And you need to share the gospel to the kids. And some parents having like, a, a, and I've heard uh, someone sharing a thought of burnout yeah. of trying to do everything good for their kids. That means good eating, good, good hygiene, good school, good teaching the word of God and everything. And it's like, ah, we can't cope. And it's like, come on, chill out. I mean, Yes, eat well, but don't break your brain. Uh, yes, we don't want to waste and use only plastic, but so what? Are you going to change the world just because you use one plastic bag and it looks a glass thing, you know? Come on, hey, chill out, you know? And, and just love Jesus, do what you can, and just, if your relation is with Jesus, if you pray as a couple, if you can, or if you have a spouse that's not Christian, if a woman has a friend, girl a friend as a girl can pray together uh, a guy who has a wife that's not perhaps a christian or a single just now find a guy and a guy you can pray for your kids i mean lots of things can be said on there as well but it's first and foremost the responsibility of uh in our home is us as a dad as a mom and to like i was saying express the life of jesus in everything we do and use when you want to do teaching to your kids being 
be creative, use creativity. Oh, I'm not creative. Yes, we're all creative. We can all use something, uh, use like, like Jesus did. He used parables, use examples, use uh, toys, use dollies, use a drawing, be creative in uh, perhaps like we go, you go on a holiday and you have a walk, like I was saying before, but you just worship God, look at the nature, look at the animals, learn things about beetles and animals and say, who created all that? You know, when I'm speaking to smaller ones, but even older ones, bringing everything back to the creator, the God. But that's our first and foremost role is us as parents. And yes, when we go to church, we meet with other brothers and sisters and we grow and we share and we encourage one another, we pray for one another, we support one another and everything. So yes, uh, you need to stop when I, because I, I speak, I speak fast and I go on and on. But yes, the role first is us as parents. I guess, but just to highlight, people who are going, what? You really meant that? Um, Deuteronomy 6 would be a kind of starting passage for that, I'm guessing, as a... Yes. A signpost of this is faith yeah. is supposed to be passed on in the context of the home in a very organic, not program or structured way. Exactly. If you're looking for a resource that will pass on faith to your children, yeah. it's you. <laughs> you yeah. are the resource exactly. that God has put in your home yeah. with all your flaws and challenges and everything. And I, I love what you say. Just relax. Relax. Yeah. This is actually exactly. liberating this message that faith can and will be passed on in the home if you're intentional yeah. about it. Um, this is God's design, and, and that means he thinks you've got this. Yeah. I'm dad, you've got this. Yeah. <laughs> you may think, I, I don't feel like I have anything. I've lost control exactly. of basic life. It's but like, actually, the Lord says you've got this. Exactly. It's like in everything. I mean, a, a little girl, she sees her mom putting makeup or doing her hair. She will do the same. So yeah. if faith is like, <clears throat> we thank God for everything. We, we, when we, we blow the gasket, we say sorry, or we encourage, like I was saying before all this. But if it's the supernatural naturally live the supernatural supernaturally naturally i don't know if you get it yeah yeah well it, it, it takes a whole pressure away and you don't need books you say oh i need to oh i haven't done that come on just i mean yes there's resources to help but don't get bound into a resource and say i it doesn't work with my family so chop the resource away it's about christ about living it you know and and that just takes so much pressure away. And um, yeah, and, and, and it's liberating because just, it's why it's all, it's like I was saying at the beginning, it's all about Christ in me. So if he lives in me, I want to let it express out. And you, you were, I think you were walking on eggshells a little bit when it came to church. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna push it a little, little bit further if that's all right. And you can smile at me and everyone else can shake their heads. But <laughs> the, the church is a community. That's what it is. If it's, a, if it's only organization, that's not the body of Christ. It has to be community. And I think you said it beautifully where we go to church or we're part of the church and we meet with the church for encouragement and to cheer each other on and all the rest of it. Yep. And our children benefit from being part of that wider community. Um, yep. So it's not that we are raising our children divorced from what God's doing in the bigger picture, but yep. we are primarily responsible, but supported and encouraged by those around um, and I'm seeing you're nodding now. That's good. <laughs> so if, if you're if you're in a setting and you feel I, I feel like it really is me on my own, uh, maybe yourself and your spouse or maybe just literally you on your own trying to live for Jesus as best as you can. And you don't feel you have that wider community around you. Um, is this something to panic about? Is, is there something we can do? Is it important to have that or not? Is, is, to have a community, you mean? To, to have yeah, to, community. Yeah, yeah I, I believe because it's biblical. I mean, we, you know, like people say, uh, and we are in the society now where it's everything self-centered, everything. And it's right, and it, but it pushed too far. It's not good. It's my Lord, my Savior, my, my, my relation, my, my. But when you look at the Gospels and Epistles, it's always about we, you are. When Paul writes, he, he writes to the community. He writes to to groups of people so mm. and and that's the problem with today it's my uh, uh, best um, you know when you want to feel good my my um, my own affair uh, oh I forgot the word in English no way I want to feel my good. self-esteem self-esteem and all that and it's important but it's pushed for me I believe today that the society is pushing to more and more selfishness mm. centered on me 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 and there's no more less and because 
what Jesus has done is, yes, he's my Savior, my Lord, but to go out to others and to connect because Christ in others have things I don't have because I don't have the fullness of the knowledge of everything. I need others. And you can't yeah. grow by yourself. You can't. How can you be confronted to your character or how can you be bringing your gifts and what God has given you to others if you just keep it for yourself? It's not right. And um, you need to be with others. Others need to be with you. Yeah that's the communion and it's why the and i know i'm working on eggshells but if we do not don't walk on eggshells this is as, as long as what you're saying is scriptural and backed up by scripture then actually if we need we need to break some of our mindsets of yeah. thinking we've become very greek mindset send the yeah. children there for their education the adults there the young people there and yeah. that's not kingdom at all kingdom is all generations need each other work together even what you were talking about of community in, when jesus taught us to pray he says yeah. our father not my father exactly i, I mean that's mind-blowing why why our yeah yeah <laughs> you, you mean yeah. jesus you're inviting the disciples to pray alongside you and call yeah. uh, jesus's relationship with the father was unique yeah it's exactly. unique he's god and yet he invites us to join with him and pray our father yeah. so so don't walk on eggshells don't feel tentative this is this is something which needs to shift in our churches and it, it's only going to shift as we talk about it yeah and, and if you just look at the tree and god even if trinity is not a biblical word but you yeah. see it i mean they interact it's not just they interact the the, the three in one they interact between each other because there's communion there's community and it, it and you can't without i mean you can't live your own faith by yourself you can't just stay by your own family and see it's but how your kids can grow if they're not confronted to other Christians, especially in this world where, I mean, sin is being exposed and encouraged in such a way that today, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. If you don't have communion, uh, because it's more than just uh, gathering, it's communion, com mm. communicating together, praying together and sharing and crying, laughing, eating, having fun together. How are kids are going to be uh, strengthened because they need other kids, they need other families, yeah. they need other people. Like single parents who bring up, raising up their own kids, they need to be with others because the kids, who, like a single mom who raised raising up her kids and doing everything she can, she needs to be with others, and the kids need to meet other dads, like yeah. fathers. In it's not the right word, but you know where they can see fatherhood in others, and that helps them in the, in the, in their growing. But men who are full of god who love god who who love them as well i mean it's just it's just so logic and and the problem with the institutional uh, church only the institutional that means there's one pastor there's a worship band and from there everybody sits and just for one hour and an hour and a half have their meeting then we'll go home come on if that's church we're missing it all out and that's not enough that's not enough at all. I mean, that when we gather and we worship Jesus together, that's great. But we need, I mean, we need not just a revolution. We need a, um, uh, oh, another word that, no, we need a revolution that is, uh, in the way we see church and what is church about. And it's more than just a gathering. It's mm -hmm. much more than that. If we look in the word of God, I mean, and I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I've read stuff. I'm thinking a lot about what church is about. And and when you see what church is about, I mean, we have a sort of organic uh or house group once a month because with the pandemic we weren't allowed to gather together and just i'll give you a little illustration on that and mm -hmm. we watched our, our watched our church and i'm doing in brackets uh, online with my wife and then we had our, one of our sons and his wife they were all by themselves on the flat and said well come and live at home the time we have the pandemic and there one sunday morning and that was just like that blew our minds uh, we were off rails so we were watching the service online and they were on the other city watching their service online. And my wife says, what is that about? This is not church. It's crazy. And because of the way things were done and we were in that system, that's only a year and a half ago. We said, come on, this is wrong. What we're doing. We've got a, a, a son and daughter and we're there. We are at least four. We are the church as well, you know? Yeah. And we stopped that and we, we invited other people. And since we've just had tremendous times, I mean, we have families come, friends have come and we, we share meals. We've been praying, worshiping, but like, like open bar, if some, if, if you have something to share, share it. If you have a song, bring it, you know, like yeah. if that's what you see. And it's like my eyes open and, but this is church. This is a way that it was done in the in the New Testament, you know, and and we had so many incredible times. We don't know how, 
what was going to be done and we finished by saying wow the holy spirit was working there so yeah. we carried on that once a month because we don't we we've got our communities is where where we go and what a time we had saturday we had that time with two other families and we were just wow we had the guys one point just men together and women together and we prayed for our, um, our fatherhood and our uh, um, as a husbands, you know, praying for one another, and the, the 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 mothers and the kids were running in the garden. They were running around the house. Never mind, that's church, that's family, you know. And uh, and I believe that it's like that we're going to grow. I mean, we get excited when we meet together like that. And I think that uh, if you don't have a church where there's perhaps you know that way of expression, find friends, bring them once in a while, and say we're just going to share if you have a word a song just a drawing for kids and say what we just want to rejoice in god but connect with other people who love god you need that we need that we all need that yeah i think that's yeah i love it I, I think um i think it's easy if as a member of a church to look and go oh well my church hasn't got strong community and the leaders need to do this and i love what you've said if we're the church if you haven't got that community Find it. <laughs> invite someone over. One one family. Invite them over to join you one time, and just see what the Lord does. See how it begins. People are craving this, and actually, our children need to see this model of wholesome, healthy, all generations community because they're not seeing it online. No, they're not seeing models of this in the media. Uh, it's not being taught in the schools. Uh, it's in fact, we're going in the opposite direction of increased isolation and selfishness. Um, so this this is not uh, in my mind this is not an add-on to the family this is a key part of family in fact in scripture there's those two words for family both in hebrew and greek aren't there those who live under your roof and yeah. that's the primary place where discipleship and faith should be passed on as you've described beautifully for us yeah. and then those who you connect with on a regular basis your wider extended family that your community yeah. um the the uncles and aunts whether yeah. they're related to you by blood or just by the blood of Jesus, <laughs> they count that, that we need to bring them around us and build that community. And I know that's certainly something the Lord's been doing for quite a few people in the pandemic, that they've just begun to get those heartfelt communities going. So it's so exciting to hear the Lord doing the same thing in France oh, yeah. oh, that he's yeah. doing here. But that's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? He unites his body and prepares us for what's happening. I, I want to change tack a little bit, Mark, yeah. and uh, and. I, I feel like these questions have been too easy for you. Uh, and whilst you're here, I want to put you on the hot seat a bit. I, I, I'm picturing some parents whose children really aren't interested in faith at all. Any mention of Jesus and they kind of snarl. They, they get them to church, but well, at least they get their children's bodies to church. <laughs> but, but the rest of their children are left behind outside. You, you know what I mean? Their heart's not in it. Um, they've tried lots of things. Maybe their children are now in their teens even. Uh, or maybe even older, and they just feel um, exasperated, worried, panicked, hopeless, yeah. feel like giving up, can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Can you get, because what you pre presented really is a beautiful utopia. Mm -hmm. your, your children love Jesus. I think all of your children are following the Lord. Yeah, by the grace yeah. of God, yeah. yeah. And, and that's God's grace over your family. You've come from a family where you just had to repeat the model that your parents gave you. Your husband and wife, you're both on the same page and you understand this model of community that you've built in. And it, it makes everything sound so beautiful and wonderful. And there are never any problems in your family. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not the reality, but I'm just yeah. aware we're we're painting the picture of this is the vision of what the Lord has. Yeah. And it works yeah. in this direction. But I'm I'm imagining some people may be beginning to feel a little bit discouraged at this point. And I can understand that very much because my heart goes for I've got many friends, I've got people where the kids have walked with God and gone astray. And there's a lot of guilt of we've made it all wrong, we are terrible parents, yeah. we are not holy enough, and everything. So I want to speak uh, it's a, a lot of things I want to say. I would say it's never finished, it's never too late. That's something you need to remember. And, um, but if you know you've been wrong in an attitude, if you know your faith, you've been uh, playing around with your faith as a dad or as your mom, or even as a grandparent or, or, or an uncle or an aunt, because we all have influence on the kids we have around us in our family, repent, say sorry to God, first of all, in, in real openness, because God will never 
condemn you because there's a big thing that's a breakthrough for me in my mind when I say Jesus will never condemn you because yeah. when God speaks to you and you know you've been wrong he brings a sort of it says the Bible brings an, a sadness that brings us to repentance sadness is nothing to do with condemnation God will never condemn you he will bring sadness that will bring you to say I've done it wrong sorry God but not in a way you feel guilty you feel sorry God so if that's the case you know that your faith you were playing around with your faith just say sorry to God go and see your children and say dad or mom was wrong the attitude I had was wrong and I've said I'm sorry not not to bring them back to Christ but because just because God wants you to say sorry to them and the rest belongs to God and another now I speak to those who, who've done it right, you know, like on, on righteous people who can be with attitudes, with our bad behaviors, like so many times I blew up the gasket, how many times I have to even say sorry to my wife because of my attitudes, to my kids uh, when they're in there older and when I, I speak and too harshly and all that. So you get it right, but when you've done what you feel was right. Just carry on praying. And I want to say, don't try to throw, if they're still at home or not at home, don't try to throw the gospel down their throat. You know, when you have, um, it's written in the Bible as well, you know, when you, a spouse, a, 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 a woman has a husband that's not a Christian, it says, by your acts, you know, by the way you, you, you live your faith, you will convince him, not by trying to force him to, to come to Christ. I've known uh, and I've seen uh, those where uh, wives have been so eager to see their uh, husbands come to Christ. They've just been forcing them and the, the husbands are just saying, leave me alone, shut up, you know. And I think it's, it'd be the same with their kids. Uh, so if your kids or they're grown up, they're gone astray, please, I beg you, you pray for them. Don't say it's finished. Like now we've prayed, we've done what we did, and they've gone astray, they've gone very fine sin. But I mean, God knows how to reach them. But don't let the enemy have a hold on your thoughts saying it's too late. Or don't give in to the enemy saying, I've done what I had to do now. It's, it's the big, now I'll, I'll drop it. No, you're still, even if they're 50 and you're 80 or you're 70, carry on praying. Pray for them eager, with eager that they will come back or come to Christ. Mm. And don't let guilt, don't let shame or what even other people can say, or even what I said before saying, well, that doesn't work for me. But we've got the same God, brothers and sisters, and pray for them and cry. I know my mom said something. She said, if ever Timothy, that's my brother or myself, we, we, we went astray from God, she would stay on her knees. She will only get up to go to bed and eat. She says, I will steal my knees until you come back to Christ. And I know they pray hours every day. I mean, they're, they're, they've got time to do it, but in all their ministry, they pray. When they say they pray for someone, they pray for them. But they said, if ever one of you turned away from Christ, we would pray on until you come back. So, I mean, if they're still alive, you carry on praying and rip them up from the hands of the devil. Because the devil is a liar, yeah. he's a thief. He's going to tell you that it's too late. It's not too late. Hear my words. The word of God says to carry on praying and to battle in prayer to get them out of the hands of hell. Hmm. Because it, So the same as when we want to be relaxed in teaching the word of God, be relaxed and just trust God and don't get frantic. Just bring them to the throne of God. And like I said, if you've gone wrong, say sorry to, to them, say sorry to God, but don't let guilt, don't let the enemy lie on you. And um, if you have smaller ones, I would say, if you don't bring religiosity into your kids, and it's very easy, I've done it many times, you know, religiosity, we need to do this, because this is the way church does things, so we need to do like that. No, like I said, since the beginning, we've been talking with you both together and the listeners, it's just chill out and just pray, just live your faith. And I think think it's good when children are still at home and teenagers uh, um, you know uh, uh, children if you go to a church or, or somewhere I think I think I could be mistaken but I believe it's good there's a discipline of life and their part bring them like you said Ollie I never I thought it was a good way perhaps you bring their bodies to Christ uh, their bodies to church sorry and their soul is not there but pray because if you say okay uh, uh, do what you want stay at home when they're, they're under the you know uh, the age of um, being left alone i think it's not i don't think it's the best thing to do but try to connect him with other christian is good yeah i don't know there's it's not it's not easy there's not an easy answer but there's a god that is 
able to bring them back so yeah brilliant i love it i love the the centering on prayer because ultimately we can't bring them back no. we can't even bring them to the lord the first time no. No. it's the lord who does it but so what does paul write he says don't worry about anything yeah and I think we kind of apply that to every area except our yes. children. We kind of allow, we almost give ourselves permission as parents to worry about our kids because yeah. we're worried for them. We want what's best yeah. for them. Exactly. But the Lord says, don't, do not worry about anything, but oh, in everything. Oh, exactly. In all things, whichever. We're, yeah. we're, we're in a kind of Frenglish <laughs> translation of the Bible. I'm probably quoting from four different versions in English right. and we'll add in the French as well at the same time but in all things in everything by prayer yeah. and petition present your requests to god with thanksgiving and, and uh, what happens what does happen what does it say after and the peace of god that passes uh, all understanding will, will keep your hearts yeah. uh, and uh, minds and minds focused on christ so that's the i mean we wrote a song on that on that uh, new CD. We've got we've got that song. We did a video as well on that song, especially in the pandemic. Do not worry about anything. I know it's in French by heart, but but what happens is that the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind on Christ. That means the problem of your kids not walking with God will not be a burden that crushes you down and makes you depressed. But say, okay, God, I'm pledging them to you i'm bringing them to you and it's your business i can't force them to come to christ i can't force them to eat either when they're older you can't force them to eat if they don't want to eat they're not eat you know i mean you can't force them to love you either i mean it's just say okay god i'm bringing them to you and the peace of god will fill our hearts and our minds say okay god it's your business but it's our business and responsibility to pray yeah. and show love to them and yes. just just have an open you know, i mean i've got friends where their kids have gone very far very far deep in sin i mean and the parents are like whoa and we one of my best friends has one of his sons gone really far and he says what i've just told him i don't agree with you my son i love you my 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 door is wide open i mean just know that i don't agree with what you're doing but i love you and I, and he doesn't shove the gospel down his throat and i thought wow i was crying with him he came here to have lunch with us and he was telling me and i was just crying and say you did the right thing my brother you know yeah loving him showing love to them and that's the key and i want to say you know our uh, we carry on praying for our children until we live it's our responsibility to come and pray it and for our granddaughter i mean she's and we have um on our wall we've got the pictures of our, our couples on our wall in our room and often we just put our hand like that over the the the, the wall and we start blessing our children and we speak, each time I speak about it, I crack up. <laughs> but we start blessing our families, bless the generations to come. And our prayer is to say, we don't want one of them to fall away from Christ until yeah. Jesus comes back. We want our children, we want our grandchildren, we want our great-grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, not one away. Some people could say, but that's, you can't, you, you, you don't know what's going to happen. No, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know one thing, my God is able to hear my prayers and he's able to, uh, to search their heart and dig down and find their, where they need Jesus. And, and yeah, I think it's that we just need to pray them into the kingdom of God by example, by prayer, by love. And yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. I'm well, and I, I love how you pulled us onto the second half of the verse that I quoted, that God's peace will yeah. guard our heart and mind because yeah. it's out of that peace that we're not going to end up becoming religious wackos in the eyes of our kids in terms you gotta come to jesus or else but but it's just that peace that says god you've got this you can run but you can't hide from the holy spirit <laughs> and uh, there is there's a strength in the lord it's him we're looking to it's him we're serving and, and it's him. This is all about this is all about him, as you so beautifully put all the way through. And I, I, I think there'll be people who've been inspired to do the same with their children and grandchildren. Mm, and yeah. I just Lord, bless my family line. Let there be not one, not one who is lost to you until the time when you return. And, and Jesus said that the will of my father is not that not one of this one of the yeah. children will will uh, you, you say it in English be lost. Be lost it's not the will of my father the will of the father in heaven is that each of our children will walk with jesus and at the same time it's it's up to them but it's up to us to pray them into that you know yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah and as parents we've got that spiritual authority haven't we and I, I guess i want i'm saying that up front because i want to look at one more area with you yep um there's a, there's a saying that says if you send your children to caesar to be educated 
don't be surprised if they come back as Romans. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that saying, um, but it, it feels like there is, uh, not feels like, there is an out and out attack against this generation. Completely. They're not the first generation to be attacked. Um, it's, we're not the first generation to be raising children in, in what is essentially a pagan society. But we are the first in more recent times, I think. The yes. Judeo-Christian foundation of Europe and of the Western world ha is evaporating faster than ever. We look at the transgender movement. We're, as we're recording this, it's probably going out a bit after this, but as we're recording this, it's Pride Month, a month of um, diversity and LGBTQ being put, put into the sight and minds and thoughts of our children. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a battle from media, from the schools, from governmental decisions, at every level, Satan is outright trying to grab our children. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if you have any insights on how we can preserve and protect our children while still helping them to be, well, the face, to be in the world, but yeah. not not of, of the world, yeah. and I, I, we, I, we see, I guess you see as well, some families whose children are not in the world at all. Hmm. And then when they're exposed to the world, it's suddenly like freedom. That's not going to help them. And then no. there are other children who are of the world and almost divorced from their parents' morals and values and so on. Yeah. Um, and this this feels to me right at the very cutting edge of what the enemy is trying to do. And therefore, we we need to step things up to be able to respond yeah. to that and be proactive, not just yeah. defensive. Yeah, like for instance, we've got a daughter who's 20, Naomi, lives at home, and we've really had talks about, um, you know, all the LGBT and all the, even the, I don't know how you call that, you know, when a, a, another woman carries the baby for someone else, uh, GPA in French, you call that. Surrogacy? You know, when, example, um, you, you're, not, you're the mother, but another woman carries the baby for you. Yeah, so, so surrogacy, I think we call it, surrogate okay. mother. So, all these subjects are, are in France have been, you know, like uh, Saturday we were in Lille because we live in the north of France and there was a whole, uh, you know, freedom stuff, you know, and all LGBT and all the other groups were there. And, and it's like, you can't not talk to your kids about it. You yeah. can't just say, no, no, don't look at it. This world is terrible because there's good things as well in the world. I mean, you look at the planet, there's beautiful things as well. Sometimes we're bombarded with so many ugly things that we only see the ugly and we need to see the creation of God. We need to see that God loves all these people at the same time, not make them like, you know, enemies. They are the devil. No, they're not the devil. They're not demons. They're just people who are caught up into uh, what the devil knows is his last days and, and, and he's spewing up everything he can to get people uh, against what the values of the Bible, of the Christ, of what holiness and everything. So I think one of the keys, I don't have all the answers, of course, uh, I would like to have more. And, and, but it's that if you speak about these subjects with the kids, that you will try to understand like uh, uh, these different groups, why are they doing that? So it means I've been reading on stuff like that to try to understand what's behind all that. Why mm -hmm. are they, or why some have big struggles with, with identity, sexual yeah. identity and all that. What is it and how to respond or, or and, and listening to guys or girls who have testimonies or have they struggled or still struggling and saying, but we can't just be like, you know, down and be nasty with them. But it's that bring the grace of God and the same time, the holiness of God all together and explain to our kids, that's the way they think. Why do they do that? It's why we need as parents to try to understand all that and, and to speak about it. Like with our daughter, I was saying we had a talk the other day about these subjects and she, she, she loves God. I mean, she's on fire for Jesus. And she said, but I understand why this will be wrong in that area, that, that way and all that. And we said, but look, and then when you start unwrapping what looks good on top, you know, like, um, oh, wonderful, this is good and all that. When you start looking and what, what is the, the ramifications of what, what, what it does, Sonny said, it's incredible. I didn't even realize all that. And of course it's not good, you know, but it's why we need to unwrap things with our kids. And if we don't know, we say, I don't know. I will try to ask someone to help me and I will tell you or, or go and see that person I know who's trustworthy and go and ask questions to them. You know, it's, it's why, community is very important as well because mm. if we have friends and christians who who love god and have answers on some things like that it helps because 
it's it's terrible to see how me like you said media and everything is just so magnifying all this and it makes it like if all the planet believes they're they're lobbying you know everybody no i've got lots of non-christian friends who don't agree with lots of the stuff that's going on or they say well if it's good for them it's good if it doesn't hurt anybody it's good for them but that's not what the word of god says you know as christians we need to see filter everything with the word of god what does the word of god say what what does the word of god say and it's always to bring it not in a harsh way or 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 like um you know with a graceful way because these people many people i mean i've got friends who are in lgbt you know i part i play in a band in town not the last year but i play clarinet and i mean some of them are really fully into it but i mean they're really good friends and I mean, if I start going, how am I going to reach to them? I mean, Jesus was called a drunkard and um, an eater. You know, the religious people were like freaking out, saying, well, Jesus he goes with, with people who have bad lives. Even that he didn't even know who was washing his feet and putting uh, uh, you know, the perfume on her feet. She is a lady of a bad life. You know, so we need to teach our boys and girls and ourselves as well that we are not of this world, but we're in this world. So how can we bring the fragrance of Christ and love people who don't align with the word of God, but not to tell them off, but to be salt and light. So you see, I think that sometimes religiosity or, or, or sometimes when we close in in just our Christian world, we forget that we should be in the world as well, but not of the world. And I think speaking yeah. it out with our kids, I think that's one of the one of the aspects I think is important. Yeah, and, and keeping things in perspective as well. I, I know whenever we talk about LGBT, we also talk about sexual immorality with our kids because actually, if we're going to offend 5% of the population, we should offend 95%. Yes. <laughs> as in, this, this is, it's not just this one group who are pure, they're pure evil, oh, keep away right. from them. It's actually all have sinned and fallen short right. of God. And take it a step further, lies are being normalized it's okay to tell a lie in all these situations that's a similar cultural clash it's not okay to tell lies in any situation or circumstance i mean we've been talking about um the dangers even of uh, having a netflix account which you then share with other people who are not in your household you're breaching contract with that company and yeah. they may never find out, but the Lord sees these things. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a there's so many different layers to this. But I love what you've spoken about has really brought to the surface. We one thing that you didn't explicitly say, but you implied, we have to have a good relationship with our children. Oh yes. And I I think that's probably something you've worked on a lot. It doesn't happen accidentally. No, um, no. You've invested yeah. time. Maybe I'm aware we're we're running out of time. As I glance at my clock up there. Um, we're running out of time together. And I knew this would happen with you, Mark, that yeah. we need another 17 hours. To, we, just you and I, we need 17 hours just to yeah. talk together. Exactly. But, uh, but I, I just wonder, is there something extra you want to add as a kind of final icing on the cake of all of our discussions? Um, and, and just maybe bring together some of these threads or something you've been burning to say, but uh, we've not had opportunity yet. Yeah, it's, it's so many things I would like to share. But I'd like to bounce on what you said uh, about explicitly, explicitly, but it's creating just relation with a, a cop, as a couple, just having fun. We always laugh. I mean, people come to our home. Um, I mean, people said, but you always laugh. You're always kidding. You're always making jokes and everything. And but that's spiritual because we, I'm sure Jesus laughed with his disciples. I mean, stuff he says, you know, and stuff he said to the religious people. I mean, I, I laugh when I read it, but it's just being yourself and not trying to be someone else. To be yourself, when I say to be yourself, I'm very, I put a little, a little addition. It's being putting yourself, being transformed by Christ because people, I want to be myself. So I, I'm myself. If I'm angry, I'm angry. You accept me as I am. If I'm not happy, I'm not happy. You, no, 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 no. Come on. Be yourself regenerated by Christ. Okay. With that little uh, input. Yeah. But I, I think that as a couple, just have fun together, enjoy being to enjoy eating, having drinks together, having evenings where you can watch a good movie, you can uh, go out and have fun, do games, play games, you know, like uh, do stuff that just makes your family want to be together. Because if you're so busy with your at your workplace, if you're not making a point of my children, it's now I want to invest in them. And I want to see even, uh, and I didn't think of saying that either, but if 
your ministry is pulling you away from your wife, from your children, you're not doing the right ministry. And God, it doesn't want you to kill yourself in ministry. He wants you to pour yourself into your wife, your husband, your children. Because I, we've done that mistake when we had our children. We were so busy in ministry, blessing people, blessing families and everything, the church and everything. And soon we said, oh, we always had one of us with our children. But we said, we, we, we are not doing the real ministry. We are not doing the ministry God calls us to be as a family. So I, I would say just... Think through what is it I want to leave as a heritage to my family. Mm. Because this is the real heritage. It's faith. It's life. It's the fun. Someone said, and I agree, when you bring up your children, you are bringing up as well your grandchildren. Yeah. And that's very powerful. And um, yeah. So uh, lots of things I'd like to say. But I think that's something. Just chill out. Have fun with the kids. Just enjoy the time with your wife. If you, if you have young children, try it. I mean, something would have done, we should have done when we, were, we had younger kids. If you have a family that can keep your children and you go out as a, a date as a couple, do it. Have times where you're just together as a couple. Have spent time together for fun and all the couple life together. Have times with your kids. If you can have holidays, take holidays as a family. Once a year, we have holidays as a family. We gather even with our kids and we have fun evenings, uh, like watching a movie or playing a game all together with our daughters-in-law. We think it's good to have fun because that mm. brings the whole life of what is true as a family. Yeah, I don't know. I could say lots of things, but just stay in God's peace. Love Jesus. Stay attached to the word of God. Don't compromise. Just And if you go wrong, just say sorry to God. Say sorry to your spouse. Say sorry to your kids. So if you, and just let God fill you with joy and enjoy your life with him. Oh, beautiful. Bob. Do you know what? Just those last few minutes, I think you've given about 10 months worth of work to process and go through. And I was going, okay, don't compromise. Lord, what areas am I compromising? None. Oh, actually, a lot. Okay, we need to work on them. God's peace in all things. Oh, I haven't got God's peace. Okay, prayer, petition, we're heading that way. Um, fun as a family or well, we we had fun once it was back in 2000 pre-pandemic we had fun <laughs> as I, I, I think you've given like this is our homework for the next few months ahead so mark thank you so much can you pray for us all yeah. as we bring our time to a close yeah god you're an amazing god we just want to say we love you jesus without you we'll never manage you say without me you will not be able to and we know that it's only by grace we know we're in a, in a world that's getting crazier and crazier, but we've got a God that's almighty. His name is above all situations. The name of Jesus is above all names, mm. above all the names of fears, all the names of illnesses, all the names of, of, of all type of names. Your name is above all names. And we can put our trust in you. We want to stay in that peace of God. Mm. You said, I've given you my peace and I will leave, my, leave you my peace. So by faith, we take that and we say, we want your peace, God, the peace of God that... That even in hard times, in hardships, in cries, in groanings and all that, we can sing that peace because you are with us. And even when we go through the valley of shadow of death, we will not fear because you are with us even mm -hmm. in the hard times. But Lord, I pray for each family, each mom, single mom, or even a single person or uncle or aunt or grandparents or grandmother, grandparents dad or whatever. I pray that they will love you so much that there will be an influence of great great influence around them i pray for those who have got kids as well going to stray from you that they will stay in your peace like philippian uh let's say four six seven to 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 bring everything to you and just stay in the peace of christ i pray for kids that have gone far away that, mm. that, that the parents will not let the enemies enemy lie on them and say it's too late it's too late no it's not too late because our god is an awesome mighty powerful great god and he's conquered the evil one he's conquered the devil he's conquered all his demons and he has all power and but we've got the responsibility to pray and love and have our arms wide open so god i pray i pray for all these listeners i pray for those who don't even know you've heard about this podcast or this video i pray that they will meet you as christ the lord and yes, I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus, all you listeners. I want to declare the peace of God. I want to declare that the, 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 the real fear of God, but not the fear that frights in you, but the fear of the awesome God uh, is, is, will be with you and keep you and bless you. Be blessed in the name of Jesus and be strengthened. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was great to speak to you again, Ollie, as well. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And if you want to know more about what Mark is doing, if you have French speaking children or grandchildren or nephews and nieces, uh, then the link for all of those things is in the description. And you've got a new album coming out very, very soon. Yes, it's it's finishing today. The album, there'll be videos as well. It's called Connection with an S. So it connections, connecting to God, to the word of God, to others that you know, horizontal and vertical, and it's 100% uh, the Bible verses put in music. So it's all styles of music. Some music will make the parents go crazy, and some are more classical, some are jazzy, some, and we've got very good musicians who played. We had incredible good times. It's been longer than what we were expecting because of the restrictions with the pandemics and all that. But now it's coming out. We've got videos we're coming out as well with the, the you know, for the deaf people. Fine language. Hand language uh, in French, and um, and we've been blessed. I mean, it, it'd be too long to explain, but yeah, you can go on the website. It will be, or we've got, we've just opened um, Instagram as well. I'm not good in all that, so my our daughter and, and nieces are helping us in that. <laughs> yeah, and and actually, if if um, you're listening to this and your children are learning French as a second yeah. language. This is a great way for them to get Bible and French at the same time. Um, so, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. And yeah. also to you, thank you for joining us, too. We're going to have more great conversations coming up. And if you want to hear them, you're going to need to subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you stay in the loop of what's going on. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.